Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. This is your favorite spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Before we get started into this conversation, I want to let you know that this is not PG. This is maybe RX or X, because we are talking about sexual exploration, the sexual revolution, becoming uninhibited, letting your freak side come out. But also, what is this thing called kink? People get kink and queer. Those are two totally different things. What is it to be safe and consensual? What is it to let your inner inhibitions rise? What is it to be held down and be bond? What does it feel like to be in total control? We're going to talk to Lorna Gale from Canada. She is a sexual, spiritual embodiment and empowerment guide. She teaches bondage and she's an intuitive healer uh, and a story unweaver. We're going to talk about all that and then some. Let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Lorna? I'm really well. Thank you, April. It's a thrill to be here with you, and I'm excited for what we will uh, share together and what will come uh, out of our mouths and in support of our, our people that are listening today. Right. Well, I mean, you look like, you know, Little Miss Muffet, ultra conservative. What in the world got you in the world of kink and bondage but beyond that training people great question <laughs> and it's one of those things that people have said would you have thought you would be here years ago and kind of like no nowhere on my radar and and you you hit on something in terms of the conservative piece that's certainly how I was raised and the whole aspect of sexuality was really not talked about in our home we had a you know the four life cycle books that were left left on our um, our coffee table that was our sex education so this whole idea of being a somatic sex educator and supporting people and in coming into their sexual wholeness was totally different so my my midlife sexual awakening is what what brought me to this place of, of teaching sexuality and and then this whole piece of the the kink and the domination that was a whole new unfolding it just kind of like Oh yeah, this fits. <laughs> so it's been uh it's been quite a journey. Well, first of all, let's dial back a little bit. There are so many people that are uptight about sex. Um sex is one of the greatest gifts that we were given to be able to connect, be it male female, male male, female female. And you don't know what you like until you try it. There is a lot of rules and regulations based upon religious doctrine or upbringing or shame or fear around sex and sexuality. So when you find that, you know, you're a little bit uh, above the curve, you know, you're ashamed of that. How do you explain that? How do you explore that? A lot of times people start with pornography because then they have a visual aid uh, then they start doing things. But people really tend to judge others that have different sexual experiences. Tell me what's been some of your experiences with some of your clients in those spaces. 
Hmm. Wow. Uh, you know, a lot of times when, um, as a somatic sex educator, people will come to me for um, different coaching. And with the men in particular, uh, oftentimes it it gets shared over the, the course of our sessions together. It's they're actually looking for for being um, dominated. And so there's this whole aspect, as you say, that where we it's sort of underground and below the surface. And so when people can do that, then we shift into, okay, let's go into the the domination submission piece of things. And that's been really powerful for a lot of people. Women, when they arrive as well, they sometimes aren't aware that that's a part of them. And so for me, it's about helping women to step into their power, into their into their knowing their voices. And I also look at it in, in this whole aspect of the sexuality and the spirituality is I... Um, by design how from our spiritual when you talk about the religious piece of things by design we have been um, taught it's outside of us the the authority the permission all of these things and I go back even to the Garden of Eden story you know where here it was the um, here's the, the the apple on the tree and the serpent you know spiraling up around the tree and how this apple is plucked off and you know Eve gives it to Adam and the, as the story is told is that Adam did that and then all of a sudden you know this the flames and the the lightning and sort of you know, loose. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right well I like to look at things as a mirror and a mirror has been pivotal um, in my own journey and how I use it for with people as well and in the story so I look I say when we look in a mirror we're actually seeing things opposite so let's use the story of the Garden of Eden and look at it if that's what is the reverse opposite of it, let's look at it. So it's actually apples are aphrodisiacs. The serpent is actually talking about is, is that kundalini, that that erotic sexual energy that's alive within us. That the, the woman giving that to him is actually representative of feminine leadership. And we can look at from a human perspective feminine leadership and the masculine being in service to the woman the feminine and we can also look at the spiritual part of things in that feminine is actually the flow the energy the masculine is the form so it's this whole aspect of the feminine energy the feminine leadership uh, initiative is it's a natural thing for the masculine to flow into that form. So here is the woman, the, the feminine, inviting the man into the sexual erotic experience. So instead of, as we've been taught, that it's this shame, okay, we have to go there, um, you know, and here's the fig leaves, cover up, you know, the breasts and cover up the genitals. And here's this thing now, this perpetual journey of being, coming back to the divine, coming back to this connection of God that's been separated by sex. It's actually, that's the opposite because it is through sex that we come from spirit into this human experience. Right. But also it shows the submission of man. Exactly. That's right. And, and, and so it's a natural thing. That's right. Most of the men that come to me in, uh, in sessions are, wanting to find out how can I be the best man that I can be for my woman I want to please her I want to protect her I want to provide for her that is the heart of men and so I so get let's this. talk a little bit about S&M okay what is S&M uh you know it's actually kind of an interesting thing um you can look at it as 
um, sadism and masochism. So that's where we look at BDSM. There's different, um, there's bondage, there's domination, there's submission. And we can talk, look at it different, ac different initials together and what they mean. If you look at sadism, it's somebody who likes to inflict pain. A masochist is somebody who likes to receive pain. So if we look at and back up in that acronym, uh, BDSM, that um, we end up having DS, so domination and submission. And for, and it's, there's a lot of times where there's a male dom and a submissive female. In my own journey, because I'm in this feminine body, uh, most of the people who come to me are, are males who are looking for being in that submissive place, being in service, to literally be at my feet in service. And for me, it's just from my work of women coming to me as a somatic sex educator, they want to connect to their sexuality. Men want to learn to be in service. So it's just a natural thing that this domination submission piece starts to come up. And so I have, I've done femdom trainings where I teach women to really connect into their, their pleasure, into their, their voice. What do they want? And to have these men that are there in service to them so to be able to empower you keep women. using you keep using the term in service in service okay so that's a, a new way instead of saying submission it is in service all right but let, let's let's go a little bit deeper because okay, brains i've lived okay i've seen some things okay and um again it is you know like the plastic ball in the mouth like the blindfold, you know, I dig the blindfold, I dig the handcuffs, you know, a little spanking here and there, a little pal in there, you know, that's okay. But some go really intense. I mean, the latex suits, uh, the the choking. I have a, someone that I know, I better be careful how I say this, someone that I know wants to choke the person. And we don't mean, some strangle, but others choke with the penis, uh, mm -hmm. trying to you know, suppress the penis down the throat. And you, you will hear uh, sometimes when they say that a child has been sexually assaulted or murdered or whatever, that is because of that. Why is it so intense to get to that point of pleasure? I don't understand, you know, I, I don't understand it. Can you help me understand it? You know, I think April in some ways, and I, I can't speak for everyone, obviously, um, in my own experience um, and working with hundreds of people is that I think in some ways it comes down to this piece about being able to feel that whether it's feeling physically, whether it's feeling emotionally, um, whether it's feeling safe, that so much of our human journey has been where we haven't felt safe or we haven't had um, things done in a consensual way. And, and so when in, in the kink and in this, um, in the BDSM world, that there's opportunity to feel. Um, I speak of um, one of my clients who, as a young girl, was sexually assaulted by one of her, um, one of her neighbors, a male, and anal, anal penetration. And so when she came to me, um, for her to be able to receive um, anal penetration, it was actually because she was now in charge. She was the one to say yes or no. And so she was able to reclaim 
her body. She was able to reclaim her voice and to be able to say yes or no. I think that's a big part of things is for people to, because in kink, in the kink world, it's about consent. It's right. consent and, is just foundation. So, and safety. That's right. Yeah. And so to be able to have it that people are being able to say, I want this. Okay. And stop. Okay. Just pause. So they are, it's like they're reclaiming their ability to feel, to have their voices. And, and, and the way that um, we have all through our human experience been told that it's okay to feel some things, but not. So the way I give it, and again, this is broad stroke. Women in general have been taught it's okay to feel emotional because you're emotional, you're a woman, but don't feel sexual. Men have been taught you're sexual, you know, like for women, you know, don't feel sexual or you're a, a slut, you know, so then it's all of a sudden there's a negative connotation there to their sexuality. For men, it's you're sexual, you know, boys will be boys. So do that, you're, you're a real stud but don't feel emotional. Don't cry, you know, toughen up. Big boys don't cry. So on various levels, we're taught to not feel. And as we can start to come into this place of empowerment for whoever we are, whatever gender and sexual orientation we are, it's this opportunity to feel all of it. Mm. And as we can start to sometimes this thing about, well, why the pain? Why does there have to be pain? Sometimes it can be, that things have to be felt so much because we've shut down our ability to feel. And we do that by getting busy. When feeling, I'm feeling a certain thing, whether it's pleasure or irritation, I'm going to get busy. I'm not going to do that. And pretty soon we get this armoring that happens on our bodies that we don't feel. So sometimes that pain is necessary to break through to that place to be able to feel what is underneath there. And what's fascinating is that uh, and I talk about a pleasure cap that sometimes people, when they're orgasming, they maybe orgasm here because that shows where their pleasure cap is. And so I teach different times of, okay, just breathe. If you're starting to feel when I'm doing my bond massage sessions or my erotic, my erotic massage sessions, I say, if 10 is the point of um, no, re or if 10 is or orgasm or ejaculation, they're not the same thing. Um, if 10 is ejaculation or orgasm nine is the point of no return let me know when you get to an eight and so as they build 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 it's in an eight okay we spread the energy just spread mm -hmm. it and go on and then what it does it allows it to come up a little bit higher that they, they can feel so we're raising their pleasure cap and what's fascinating is is that people as they can connect into something that has been painful whether it's been a trauma emotional trauma psychological trauma as they can feel into those things it actually raises their pleasure cap as we raise the pleasure cap it actually taps into an ability to feel something that here before that had been it feels too dangerous it feels too unsafe to feel this and so it really expands our ability to feel all that is available to us in this human experience yeah, I've had sex educators say, you know, when you get to the point before you orgasm or before you ejaculate, slow down so that you can extend, again, like I say, the pleasure cap. It doesn't have to be, you know, five minutes. No. You can go as long as you can control it. There's mm -hmm. a couple of things that I, I, I want to touch on is that, you know, I uh, had a family member tell me, had five children, and she was in her 80s told me she has never had an orgasm. Mm. 
And I felt so bad for her. Yeah. yeah. It is the ultimate erotic pleasure, but it's in your mind. Mm. What happens is in your genitalia, you're going to feel and you're going to release. But the whole the whole thing is in your heart. It's in your the, the pulsation of your 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 blood. Uh, you know what you're imagining. I mean, you know, you could be in the bed with somebody that looked like a booger wolf and think that it's the greatest, most sexual person in the world. It is about using your imagination and allowing again yourself to feel. Quick little story. <laughs> I was at work one day. I was sitting next to my best friend, and I looked down at her legs, and I saw all these whips. And, and I said, have you been camping? It looks like you've been bit by a bug. And she goes, no, it was me. And, you know, it, it was me and Tom. And I said, you and Tom, what, what happened? He scratch you up? She says, no, he's got a new toy. He's got this little leather. Whip. And I was like, and she says, and every time I run my hands across him, I just orgasm. I said, well, don't be orgasm here at work. Cover that shit up. <laughs> so the sensation Again, it's a snapshot in your mind and the expectation of what it's just like, you know, you're going to go on a date and you know what this person's going to look like and what they taste like and what they smell like and what they feel like. And you get excited just at the mere thought. Yeah. I'm like that with Mr. Mac Mr. Magnificent, my husband. He'll clear his throat in the store and I get excited because I know what to expect. Okay, so now let's go into Let's go into this this bondage thing. Um, give me some examples of 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 bondage. Like I said, I've seen the the ball in the mouth, the you know the mask, the you know the, the the leather, all of that. What does that? Why do you need to have the theatrics? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A big part of it comes down to different sensations, and and yet a big part of it comes down to control. Is mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, you know, whether it's working, you know, throughout the day, they're busy making, making decisions, whether it's a housewife or a, a CEO of a company, there's this idea of making decisions and being in charge. And there's this part about, I just want to let go of control. I want somebody else to be in control. And so this, the whole thing about the ball in the mouth, it takes away that ability to speak. And then ah. even, even something that is, um, you know, even the, the thing about able to open their mouth or or um, speak that now is restricted so it's kind of that control is taken away so we it's about really shifting from what we've been used to into a totally different role so that would be nope I don't want you to talk so to keep you from talking I'm going to put this ball gag in so mm -hmm. there we go um, the bondage there's different ways and sensory deprivation is another way you know the blindfolds right and yeah, what, that's, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool, brains. When you can't see what's coming at you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And our sight is actually one of our most prominent senses. So to take that way, what it does, it it makes us hyper alert through our other senses and right. open feeling more. Bondage. There's different ways of doing it. There's the rope work that can happen, and sometimes that can be very, um, very erotic. And this sense of being bound it creates that sense of safety as well. It's just just being held because when there's that that trust with somebody who's doing that with you you're being bound and it's just it allows you to let go and relax in and sometimes in our in our day-to-day -day world we don't have opportunity or don't take the opportunity to relax very much but this allows the whole body including the nervous system to relax into that 
um, when I do my bondage, uh, I and when I do my DS sessions as well, I, there's different types of bondage that I use. But in the bondage, um, you know, we've got um, leather cuffs on them, and then I tie them to the table. You know, their their hands are tied, you know, stretched out. Their legs are stretched out, and they're tied up. They can't move. And again, it creates that word that coming back to your word of of surrender allows them to surrender in, and the trust is a big part of it when they know that they can. They can let go. It just allows them to melt into the table and be open to feel and to receive. What's actually kind of an interesting thing is, um, and and it's not not necessarily to do with the um, bondage itself, but it comes up is that aspect of um, anal penetration and pegging. We we come from a world or an experience where again we're separated here's women here's men and even our our world as it's coming to awaken to that there's intersex there's all kinds of the on the whole spectrum it's not this dichotomy like we've been taught but there's this part it comes back to how how men have been taught you know don't be a sissy don't be a wuss um and so there's this whole aspect of the feminine or females being somehow less than. And again, there's the mirror thing, because we actually realize that feminine is not superior as in better than, but superior and not superior. And it is about over in terms of being in charge. And so uh, when men have been taught to be and women have been taught that men or the masculine is, you know, the head of the home and all of those things. And again, that's the opposite. Um, but it's actually men then view the feminine aspect as less than. And I know that I speak that very generally uh, because there are hundreds and thousands of men who are literally in service to, in support of, and doing everything that they can for women, their wives, their partners, their daughters, in every way they can to make their worlds better. Right. But you know what? It hurts me to fart. <laughs> Uh, there you go but but anal penetration you know i have seen some things uh fisting yeah i'm like i I just don't even know where people even get the idea of wanting i mean i've seen fisting to where the fist can almost go as far as i would think that all of my organs would be discombobulated and people say that you know they have been to the sex shops and I've seen the little cones that they lay over to prepare themselves for this um and they say that it is very stimulating anal sex for women you're touching the back part of the you know the uterus and it's very stimulating they say that the anus is extremely pliable people think oh if I have anal sex it's going to you know cause me to have diarrhea and all that that you know they enjoy it I have some friends that um you know they're pretty risque they they put methamphetamine I guess on the tip of their penis and I forgot what they called it but anyway and then they have anal sex they say that orgasm goes on for hours mm-hmm. so I, I get it but just again introducing these things yeah. you know yeah. how do people get introduced they come to you and say okay well Lorna you know it's got a full suite of services here let's try this let's try that <laughs> how do they even begin to <laughs> to, to think that they want to do something you know <laughs> yeah sometimes you know and, and some people will have said I have no idea where I got the idea from I don't remember seeing or reading or hearing anything about it but there's this idea that keeps coming so mm. okay well let's let's explore that for some people they might have heard it 
so it's it's it, it really varies and then it's just kind of just okay let's explore let's do this and it's always about helping to for them to feel empowered uh in connection with their body anal sex um anal sex should never be painful and even though getting through the sphincters it can be like oh whatever it still needs to be prepared in the sense that it's not going to rip or damage mm -hmm. and yes the anus is it's rich rich with yeah, and so such a, such a such an incredible place to be there and i think that that's where because of our our aspect of you know don't be a wuss so men are there's that homophobic piece but it's as as men can whether it's through their own touch through using um a dildo whether it's through being pegged uh however it is or you what, know with the hand Pink is when um, if I were to wear a harness and I've got a penis, I've got a a, a, a silicone penis on and to be pegged. So I would stand behind them and I would peg them. I would basically fuck them in their ass uh, <laughs> with my. With she, my just, she just got just went right there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so well, and I've, I've, seen the, the, at the the store, I've seen the, the glass. I would be scared that that would, you know, break or rupture or get yeah. more. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't touch yeah. that. I would, I would say for myself, when I use the glass ones, it's, it's when I'm holding it in my hand. So it's not as a dildo itself. Um, because you know, I, for me, me, I just really want to make sure that it's always, always safety is paramount right. So to, to be careful that way. But one of the things about glass and well, all of them really silicone, silicone, glass, metal. Um, I've got a stainless steel barbell that I've used. Um, but it's it's not a dildo, but it's just a barbell. But it's actually fascinating because it warms to the body. So when it, I love the mm. the hot and cold sensation of very things. So if it's the glass or the metal, then it's that cold sensation. It's kind of like oh, for some people it's kind of oh, but other people it's kind of oh. So playing around with temperature as well can be a real a real joy and and playing with different sensations. And then it warms up with the body temperature. So it's really quite amazing. Okay, now Lorna, you uh. Do you, do you put on your full regala? I mean, do you, if they want that and then you have sessions and you actually go through the simulated sex act so that this person finds pleasure and you talk them through this process. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's actually interesting. When I first started in bond massage, I would, and I've, you know, I've got my, my wardrobe of my different corsets and, you know, my, my leathers and, and fishnet stockings and my high heels and my big boots and stuff like that. And I used to, I used to wear them thinking, oh, that's what I needed to do. And I realized, hmm, what do I want to wear? And so again, it starts to switch this idea of the woman being for the man as, and so, oh, they're coming and I need to please them. This, I need to titillate them. It's rather than, no, I'm going to, they are here to come to be in submission, in service. Um, what do I feel like wearing? And so as I wear and this is what I teach the women when I take them through, as bond massage practitioners, when I take them through this as well, I say, what do you feel like wearing? Because when you're wearing what you want to wear, whether it's leggings and a tunic or your leathers or a negligee, whatever you feel like wearing, you are in your power. And it is that that the men are saying, I want to be with a woman who is in her power. And um, rather than, okay, what does he want me to wear? You know, am I going to please him? It, it, it diminishes who we are. It's not us being our power. We are 
in then being for the man again, rather than I'm going to step into my power because that's it's the goddess, the queen that the men are saying, we recognize the feminine, we recognize and want to be in service and support and submit to this. Mm. And mm. so that's where, that's where, what, what do I wear it? Whatever I feel like. Wow. What age range? I mean, just, you have all ages. Mm -hmm. you know, people mm -hmm. start exploring their sexuality it yeah well. yeah i've um i've had I'm trying to think of what the youngest i mean as far as uh you know obviously of age when they come from my somatic sex education um sessions but even there so yeah as young as into in their in their early Love 20s and all the way up i've had people that are in their 70s even approaching into their 80s so yeah. well i had another one of my friends <laughs> take me to, ask me to take her to the sex uh, shop because she wanted to get some toys. Well, I was embarrassed because it was my friend's mother. And I was like, well, why did you ask me to take you? She says, because you're cool. <laughs> she said, because you're cool and I can trust you. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I felt comfortable with that. Well, mm -hmm. when we left, she says, oh, I bought some wonderful things and I even got extra batteries. And she was there. <laughs> and your sex drive, you know, I'm telling you, mine increased. At like 40, 45, I became this beast. You know, you have the sexual energy. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about self-gratification and masturbation. Mm -hmm. Parents, you know, you want to consider this and you want to think about this, that if you don't know how the appliance works, you don't know what you'll like. As long as your child is not being violated or they're penetrating others, that you have open conversation, you can say the word anus, penis, vagina, breasts. Uh, a lot of young girls do, um, what, what is it called? Uh, have oral sex, give head. What is that? What's that big $25 word? Flex begins with an F. But I forgot what you call it. But anyway, they're doing that because they don't want to get pregnant. They're having anal sex but they're also being violated if they are not consenting to this. You need to be clear and have the talk about sex on an ongoing basis. It's not a dirty word. Yeah. It's something that's happening every day, all day, and you don't want your child to be taken advantage of. If it's not a mystery to them and it becomes second nature, they will become more relaxed. They won't become, I don't think they'll become more promiscuous. I talked to my daughter about it five, six years old. You know, good touch, bad touch. You know, with stranger danger. It's a part of that conversation. You can tell if your child is, is something's going on with them. But these young boys now, um, I had someone on my show, they masturbate. Till they turn blue in the face. They are addicted to porn. Mm -hmm. How do we talk to them about stabilizing and understanding if this is just uh, obsession or if this is a fascination or if there's really a problem there? Mm -hmm. Great question, April. You know, and I think, and not I think, I know the big part of it comes back to um, the, the sex education that parents will give to their children is really dependent on that 
that parent's experience, mm -hmm. not only of their experience of what sex education they received, but their whole sex experience and their ability to be at home and at peace and in harmony connected to their own sexuality because if parents are feeling disconnected they're feeling confused they're feeling guilty all of those things it's not going to be an easy thing for them to have a conversation with their children because they're just going to pass along the same thing if they're feeling like i can't talk about it how can they talk about it with their children so i think it, it really becomes a, a matter of people dealing with their own sexuality coming back to being connected to it and dealing with it you know whether it's you know they come to me as a somatic sex educator uh, you know online sessions in person whatever it is to be able to come back into their own so that they can feel connected to their own sexuality so that then what they do share with their children is coming from a more wholesome natural relaxed way and I am a very much an advocate in fact I've got my four young grandchildren here that are all under the well they were 10 and under when I gave them I give them um the makeup mirrors you know the, that are the um one side regular and one side magnifying or on a little stand and I make sure that they um that and this is what I recommend to parents as well make sure your children have a mirror whether it's a full-length mirror in their bedroom but someplace where they can have privacy to look at and explore their parts and see what they look like to touch them and to to look at them while they're touching so that they can feel at home with their own bodies I had um I had a a stretch of time where I was going through uh, leading women in a retreat, uh, taking them through genital mapping. And so I was there propped up with my my robe on and I was naked and I had my mirror, had my little thing of uh, coconut oil and the women, you know, they were propped up on the on a, um, a bed um, for three or four of them side by side with their mirrors, their coconut oil, naked with their robes. And I said, OK, I'm going to take you on a journey of your genitals. And I would teach them the parts and you know invite them to touch here and hold to feel and one of the women she was 73 years old she said this is the first time I've ever seen my parts and so when we can give our children the gift of knowing that sex is what we come from sex is natural sex is good it's not dirty it's not shameful that was my that was my midlife wake, sexual awakening was when I realized this isn't. And that was where my 180 degree from being shamed, disconnected, um, totally disconnected from my sexuality to 180 degree instantaneous and talking about naturally um, easily and taking my teaching um, gift and uh, credentials into teaching in the in the erotic realm of things. Wow. For me, it's about about helping people to know that it is natural and when do we start providing sex education for the, our children? The moment they're born. And it's not about um, enforcing anything, but just naturally, just like we have milk for babies and then little gradually introduce solids along the way and then different flavors and different spices and various, various things. So too it is with sexuality that if we can, if we're always hiding our sexuality if we're always looking at it as it's shameful that's the environment our children will grow up in and so when they do their explorations whether with other people other children um, or through porn that they're coming from this place of of outside of themselves rather than feeling at home in their own sexuality feeling empowered so that when the boy says hey you know if you want to be my girlfriend you have to give me head and she can say then i'm not going to be your girlfriend right I, in that place of empowerment I'm, I'm not excited about it and i'm the one in control that's right 
that's right. Well, um, this is expensive too. This is an expensive hobby, brains. You know, I've bondage. Okay, to take a course with you, just throw out a figure, maybe not specifically, but how long? It just depends on an individual, just like talk therapy or Reiki or anything else with a practitioner, um, and then all of the, you know. The, the clothes and the, 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 the different tools and all that and finding someone that you trust uh, to go on this journey with you, it can mm-hmm. be expensive on many levels, not just monetary. Yeah. Yeah. But then emotional expense. Exactly. Exactly. And um, yeah, absolutely. With the, with the bondage training, it, it varies. Uh, there's Elysium, which is, um, it is bondage, but on a more sensual thing. Instead of the black, the leather cuffs and the um, the ropes, there's silky things. So there's still that aspect of being restrained, uh, and it. But it's just slow touch. There's not any of the the uh, whips and the you know the the cropping and the sensation play that way. It's just really slow, slow touch. So I do that. That's a two day training. The bondage training is a two day training do them together in one and we just sort of roll them into one and into a three-day training so uh that i do those trainings and then for some people they've had some experience with bdsm before and so we just go ahead and do the training for some people in fact i'm i've got a training that um that's coming up next month and she doesn't have she hasn't had any experience before other than what we have um done in person sessions when we have when she's come for sessions and I've uh, taken her through various components of things. So I have, we've scheduled two full days in advance where I do her, do some skills training with her. I'll teach her how to spank. I'll teach her how to do the, the flogger and the cane and the crops and how to tie up. So I'll do those kinds of things. So it, it really varies right now that, that five day, five day package is about $10,000 Canadian. And that's an investment. Like you say, it's an investment, it's an investment to get your freak on. <laughs> that's exactly right. But, and it's, but it's lifelong. It but let is. me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, honestly, do you get off on this too? I mean, when I first met you and I, and I talked to you, yeah. it seemed like you were in almost in a trance like state, <laughs> you know, it, and it, and it's all right, you know, that you feel exub, you know, you feel exuberated, and you feel that you are in control. You are the queen of the dom. I get that, that the power. But you know, does it does it really give a sensation to you? I mean, how can you see these people go through this and have these orgasms, know that you're in charge, and separate yourself from this whole experience? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great question. When I first started, when I first started as a somatic sex educator. I really shut down any feelings and sensations that I had because, you know, I'd been taught, you know, in terms of marriage, you know, that's where my, my feelings of eroticism belong is in that package of marriage. They don't belong anywhere else. And it took me several years to be able to allow myself to relax in. And while I don't have sex with my clients, I still have these sensations that arise. And I think that's a part of the aliveness of of life is when we shut those things down, we're shutting down the essence of of who we are as as human beings and as sexual erotic beings. There's a quote, Audre Lorde, and I I love it. It's been my my mainstay, my foundational quote of all of these, these years, 13, 14 years that I've been practicing this. And it's, we tend to think of the erotic as a quick, tantalizing sexual arousal. 
I speak of the of the erotic as that deepest life force energy that moves us in a fundamental way. And that to me just really connects us into the spirit, the essence of who we are. And when we are shutting down that erotic energy, we are shutting down or denying this the the spiritual aspect of who we are as well. And so for me, it's been I to allow myself to really be connected and I allow myself to feel things because then that's when when we can be in that that place of aliveness, that's what allows the vulnerability and the openness to happen for everybody to open into the truth of who they are and what they want to express and experience in those times. Grace, let me turn you on to something. Um, I was, I've listened to it a million times, Think and Grow Rich. There is a whole chapter on sex and sexuality and the power and the energy of sex. It has still taken down countries, destroyed marriages, um, and I ask myself sometimes, you know, every time you turn around on television, men mostly, but there's a lot of women that are surf uh, surfacing as well. They are taken down because they've had multiple partners or sexual indiscretion or money. But it's usually always the pussy that gets them out of control. They can't function without it. And they have multiple partners. And I asked myself, I said, you know, there's Countries where men can have four or five wives, it's not a problem. Does that cause a man, and I'm just using men as an example right now, to not be able to make good decisions? Does that cause him to be, um, you know, disloyal or dishonest? Sometimes I think about your integrity when you sneak and you lie and you do this. But now there's all of these polyamorous relationships their people have open marriages. They're saying, you know what, why even have that as a deal breaker? Let's have some rules of engagement. And if we follow those rules, it's fine. People break the rules though. You know, they're with the person that they're not supposed to be with. Your sexuality is between your legs. Your gender identity is between your ears. And it's a whole lot different now because the transgender community is coming at full force. The millennials don't want to be a he or a she, they're a they or a we, they're non-binary. What is going on in the sexual revolution? What are you seeing, Lorna? Hmm. I see that, and, and the way I put it is actually, it's a, a waking of humanity, but it's more than that. It, I would say it's a spiritual awakening that's happening mm -hmm. because we have been we have been taught from for so long this idea that we're separate from God and however you wanted to we're separate from God, the universe, source, whatever whatever words we want to have, and we've been this dichotomy of here's females and men and this journey of trying to come. We have to look for our partner we have to find our other half and this journey of coming back to find as if there's this wholeness and i would say that this journey with um you know the gaze coming out of the closet and all of these different the two spirits and the queers and however whatever label we want to put on it what we are is we're all in this human experience regardless of what labels we have and some people um, identify with a certain gender and other people 
because that's what feels true for them. Other people, it's because, well, that's what I've been taught I am. Right. And so this whole awakening to, well, who am I? I thought that was the only option that there was. And so this whole awakening to these various gender expressions is I, I, I see that as this awakening to we aren't two. We are all on this journey in this um, ex expression, however we are, but it's not, we're not this dichotomy like we thought. There's not this duality like we thought. And so I see this as it's an awakening, not only coming into the oneness of our humanity, that what I do to the other, I do to myself. It's that. And for me, I guess I, I do. I see it very much as a spiritual awakening because instead of looking outside for for pleasure, outside of our uh, permission or outside as the authority, it's this coming back home into this authority within, this wholeness within. And that's where I was going with that piece about the, the anal penetration is that for men to be penetrated, it's actually connecting into their feminine receptivity. But if we've been taught that the feminine women is wrong, then then of course there's that homophobic piece, but it's not what we've been taught. There's something wrong, but it's connecting into, we're actually all of it. It's all of us within. We're yeah. all spirit. We're all form. Spirit yeah. being mass, feminine, form being masculine. We're all of it here. And well, so it's, I, very biblical. it's very biblical because the Bible even says, you know, there's going to be a point where you will not be able to be, to distinguish male from female. And I'm seeing it more now. We were at the movie theater going to see Barbie. Cutest little pigtails and makeup on, all this kind of stuff. And as soon as they opened their mouth, it was a boy. Uh -huh. Or, you know, yeah. uh, the, the gender role. And as you said, you are taught these gender roles. Boys play with trucks. They wear jeans. They are rough. They're rugged. They don't cry. They, you know, they fight. They're the hunter, the gatherer. They don't, you know, you don't have any of this. So a dear friend of mine, a very, uh, it was shocking to me because she's a world-renowned leader in the, in you know, in the world of gender equality and all that. But she was having a conversation with her daughter that the grandson walked in and had on red lipstick and had painted his nails red. Mm. And she came up out of the ground. And I had to have a conversation with her about how disingenuous that really was because don't make a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, he tried on the lipstick and, you know, painted his nails. The little girl's going to go out there and put on daddy's work boots and put on his, you know, his belt. Little girls are taught to be in pink and wear dresses and, you know, paint your nails and do this and do that. So these gender roles are embedded in us and dictated to us, not allowing us as individuals to surface and rise to the occasion on who we are. And I was talking to my mentor. She says, this is a, a you know, this is a fact that individuals can be born with two Y's and an X or two X and a Y. This is scientifically proven by genome mapping. So folks, you better get in line or you're going to get left behind. Yes, it's different. Yes, it's unnerving because it is so in contrast to what we have been told, taught, feel, and see. But the world is ever evolving. Wait till Lorna comes on and tells us that we're having sex 
through our foreheads because it's with artificial intelligence. <laughs> you know, and you, you're going to be stimulated by AI. You think you got a problem now, you know? So all of these things are changing and they are evolving. But I'm telling you, you have been a wealth of information. Please come back because we can have a whole nother conversation on what's going on. I want to see some of the apparatus. I want to see you. Right. You know, I, I want to bring them. Yeah, I want to see what that looks like so people can really be informed and be educated. Don't assume. Sure. Yeah. Next and time I'll do is I'll, that's what I'll do. And I'll even do some pictures. And even if I do a, um, you know, have my camera where I can show my table set up and, you know, the various things, take you on a tour of this is what I've got. So. Exactly. We'll, we'll do everything, but look between your legs. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely wonderful. Uh, you, you're, you're a gift to um, to the people that are curious and curious. And it is okay to explore who you are. But again, it has to be consensual. Don't violate anyone else. It has to be safe. You need to be clean. You know, and you need to love yourself and really know deep down inside, why are you doing this? If it's just for stimulation and pleasure, that's all right. If you're trying to release trauma, that's okay. If you're trying to please your partner, that's okay. But the most important thing is that you know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So tell uh, my brains how to get in contact with you because brains, I want you to get your freak on. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, various ways. Uh, by email, it can be Lorna at LornaGale.com. And that's G-A-L-E. Uh, Gale is G-A-L-E. So Lorna at LornaGale.com. <clears throat> On my Bondassage page, I'm the maestra there. So the maestra at Bondassage.com. Uh, I have also on Facebook, I'm Lorna Gale there. Welcome to send me some messages there. there. And yeah, that would be the where I also have uh, my page on Trusted Bodywork site gives a little bit of a listing of some of the things I do. The kink is a part of uh, one of my list there that gives you a sense of some of the people that I've worked with, the transformations that they've had. And uh, one couple in there talks about, yeah, I took them through their kink awakening, which was really a brilliant and beautiful thing for them. So there's those are some of the ways. So on Facebook, LornaGale.com, uh, or pardon me, Lorna Gale on Facebook. And I think that would would be some of the ways to to do well i'm definitely going to put all of your information we're going to run this over and over again again this is a mature conversation it's time for you to grow up yeah every everything is different every you know if every flower in the garden was the same it'd be pretty cotton pick and boring okay so now we are learning to explore our sexuality in many different ways and to feel good about who we are and to you know reduce the shame because we're ever evolving So thank you so much, Brains. Go in and love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe here on The Edge. All right? I'm looking forward to it. May you have a tentilating afternoon.